um, I am a childbirth educator. I am not a doctor. I'm not even a midwife, nor do I presume to be. And I would hope that anything I share on this show will simply give you food for thought. I am not giving you advice. I'm not giving you medical advice. I am not in a position to do that. What I can offer you is my independent opinion on what I would do in a given situation, what I have done in certain situations. And then it's up to you and the people around you, your family, your spouse, your best friend, whoever's in this situation with you, pregnant and having a baby, it's up to you to be the final determinant of what you're going to do with, with regards to your baby, whether it's get a vaccine, give birth at home, um, and, and whatever you decide to do in terms of feeding your child and, and medicating or not medicating your child. It's up to you. So uh, that's my disclaimer. Safe to get vaccinated while you're breastfeeding. It absolutely is safe to get vaccinated. So I would say if you are thinking about getting vaccinated, there is no bad time to get vaccinated. Get vaccinated while you're thinking about having a baby, before <laughs> you're thinking about having a baby, while you're pregnant with your baby, or after you've delivered your baby. There is no bad time. Can you address uh, comments? That. <clears throat> That was your CDC director telling you there is no bad time to get a vaccine. And I guess if she said so, there's no bad time to get a vaccine, right? So that's the question for the week. The push is on for the children to be vaccinated, for pregnant moms to be vaccinated. The Reports I read this past week said that they're having such a hard time getting enough women to sign up to help do a study that they can't really do a proper study until they get more women involved. And so uh, pregnant women are proving to be extremely reluctant to get the jab. And who wants to be an experiment? I don't, I wouldn't do that. And I think we have enough data already to show that there's some issues around fertility with the COVID vaccines. So I would hope that we would err extremely on the side of caution, especially now that it's coming out that you only have antibodies for about five to six months before you need to get another booster. So. What good is that when you're pregnant and expecting a baby if it doesn't even work? So again, extreme caution so that we don't have another thalidomide on our hand with a bunch of babies being killed, deformed, needlessly harmed until we sort out what's, what's really going on with this vaccine. So husband, wife, Home birth chat. Um, I've decided to make this a weekly show on Sunday nights. And I would hope that as the weeks go by and issues come up, that those who are interested will look at this as a resource to not only talk with other families who are in the same situation, 
but you know, bounce ideas around about what we could do to mitigate the issues of, I can't go to the hospital to have my baby. What do I do now? There was a story at the beginning of the pandemic of a woman in, in the UK who, for whatever reason, she couldn't go to the hospital. She did not want to have a home birth. And then she decided that she was going to have a home birth, but she couldn't find the midwives to come out and attend to her. She said for three days, she didn't sleep because she was so freaked out about the reality of what was what she was looking at. And then she started looking around on the internet and found that there were online courses that she and her husband could take to help prepare them to do it themselves. And so they signed up for one of these courses. And she said, the night I signed up for one of those classes, I was able to sleep and start breathing again. So that's illustrative of the, the kind of freak out that some women go through as they really start to think about giving birth without any drugs. Um, there have been times in the recent past when I just would casually say, yeah, I had my last two kids at home. And some young woman would incredulously look at me and say, oh, are doctors coming to the home now to, to do epidurals in the home? Oh, that's a great service. That's so wonderful. And I said, no, doctors are not doing that. <laughs> this is not a service that's being offered by the local hospital. It is possible to give birth without an epidural. These, this happened to me twice. Both of these young women had no clue that it was possible to give birth without the epidural. And so this is the generation of moms who are getting ready to birth their babies this year. And, and some of them are incredibly smart, incredibly educated. I see them on Instagram just rocking their lives. But it's still a, a very small percentage of the moms who are giving birth. Uh, the home birth rate is still less than 1% in America. So, you know, what does it look like if because of world conditions, everything flipped and that number switched to like 90% of the moms need to give birth at home? What does that look like? So this is a question I've been asking myself for a long time. It was about exactly 34 years ago right now that my husband and I were just finishing up our Lamaze class. I had done everything right. Everything society, my family, my church, everything they expected me to do. I got married, we were pregnant, and I, I went to a doctor. And I went to a doctor who was covered by my health insurance in the Detroit metro area. I didn't like him. He was a jerk. He struck me as being really condescending. So I shopped around. I, I literally called every doctor in the phone book who was in our health plan. And I asked the gal answering the phone, I said, would, would you let this guy deliver your baby? And there were a couple of them who said, no, I wouldn't let him deliver my baby. <laughs> Which made me laugh so hard at the time because it was like, uh, do you know how your staff feels about you, Mr. Obstetrician? There weren't many women obstetricians back then or I would have gone looking for one. But um, finally, I, I came to a, a gal who said, oh, yes, I love him. He delivered my two children. Highly recommended. So I picked my doctor. And he just happened to uh, have his practice at the local hospital where I was born. So, you know, this was about as much research as I did. Good doctor, 
at the hospital where I was born in Detroit, uh, the fact that it was a teaching hospital tied to the University of Michigan, where they had a 50% C-section rate in 1988, and that by signing myself into this hospital, I would offer myself up on the gurney of uh, educating the next class of doctors. I didn't understand anything about what a teaching hospital was, what a high-risk hospital was. This was Beaumont Hospital in Royal Oak, Michigan, and it catered to like the five surrounding states in, in Southern Michigan for all the high-risk moms. They all went to Beaumont for specialized care. I, I knew none of that. I didn't understand what that meant. And so this is where I wanted to have my natural birth. <laughs> um, I took a Lamaze class. At the end of that class, I remember just thinking to myself, I don't, I don't feel ready. I wonder if there's just some more information out there. And that just makes me laugh so hard when I think about it now. I wonder if there's, there's another, another book or two I could read. I had no clue that there was this vast underground gurgling, bubbling cauldron of information tied to home birth. I hadn't tapped into it yet. I didn't know it existed. And um, my husband and I were invited by some friends to come house sit and take care of their dog. Well, they went on a trip that was, they lived across town from where we were. So we went and stayed in their house, had a lovely week taking care of their dog. And I just, I love to go to the library. I, I, as a pregnant mom, I would go to the library and check out books on birth. So I was at this library and uh, here's all these childbirth books that I'd never seen on the shelves of my own library. Uh, Husband Coach Childbirth, Natural Childbirth the Bradley Way. These titles caught my eye. I remember checking them out with a little twinkle in my eye thinking, hmm, Husband Coach Childbirth, that sounds interesting. I took these books home and we were three weeks out from giving birth. Uh, I read these books and I, I freaked out a little bit because I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. Can I do it? My doctor let me do it. You know, I, I just really felt like I hadn't done due diligence with finding my location and, you know, and I was also far enough along in my pregnancy. I really didn't feel like I could change venues or, you know, do it differently, but um, be that as it may, I, we chose to to just continue with our plan. I, I didn't know enough back then to be confident to say, let's, let's do something completely differently. Like, you know, get a, get a midwife and let's have a home birth or whatever. I did say to my mom and my husband during labor, I was in really deep labor. And I looked at them at one point during labor. I said, can't we just do it here? We were still in our apartment. It was December. It was cold. And um, they both just looked at me like, are you nuts? Not doing it here. But I had the thought, you know, I could just go lock myself in the bathroom and push the baby out myself. And then, you know, I don't have to deal with the hospital. But I since found out that uh, there's a famous doctor in uh, France named Michel O'Donnell. He's written some amazing books. And his, his view is if he walks into a labor room and the mom has locked herself in the bathroom, he just casually turns around and walks out and assumes everything is just fine. And so that, that comforted me because when I had the thought, I was like, well, am I, am I off here in my thinking? Should it, you know, what, what's going on with my fight or flight kicking in? I just want to go lock myself in the bathroom and push my baby up. But we went to the hospital and I clawed my way, literally clawed my way to a natural birth during that first 
childbirth when I was just 20 years old. I was a baby. I didn't know anything, but I did manage to get my baby born without any drugs. And at the end of it, the doctor looked at me. He's like, oh, you did it. Wow. He was surprised. I was like, no thanks to you, bub. He was really annoying altering my labor. Anyway, that was how it started for me. And I don't know how it's gone for you. But I've shared some other stories in this forum about issues I've had with post-maturity and the fact that I had a C-section with my second baby. And by the time I was getting ready to have my fourth child, I had had enough. I just had enough. And I also was feeling some really strong spiritual promptings that there was a day in front of us, not too far off, when all moms would have to know the things that I learned and would be compelled by circumstance to give birth this way. And I remember thinking, what, are we going to have some sort of a war, natural disaster? What is it? And the thing that kind of kept me going was that I felt like it would be pleasing to my heavenly father if I would just go ahead and educate myself about all of this and then be prepared and in a position to teach it to other people. And I was like, I can do that. That sounds great. So I became a childbirth educator. I started reading books. Just about every dollar I earned teaching, I invested in more books. I was constantly buying books. I loved to go to used bookstores. And this is before the internet. But I, I would just grab these books and, and read them as just the treasures that they were whenever I would come across them. I May Gaskin, Spiritual Midwifery, uh, Silent Knife, that was one of my favorites. There were just so many great books that other authors had poured their souls into that really t touched my heart and helped prepare me for my first husband-wife birth. And I'm so grateful for those writers. And so many of the people who I, I read were the dissidents from the medical profession. Robert Bradley with his Bradley method, uh, Robert Mendelssohn, all these Roberts, Robert Mendelssohn and his How to Raise a Healthy Child in Spite of Your Doctor. That was the title of one of his books I had to read to become a childbirth educator. So these were the types of things I was reading, these books that were written by men who are part of medicine who were disgusted by what was happening around them. Marston Wagner, born in the USA. That is a must read for anybody interested in childbirth. This is a man who worked for the World Health Organization and his message in his book is get out of the hospital to have your babies. Just don't even go. And this is someone who's got his kind of the pulse of childbirth around the world. And it's part of this whole big picture. And he's the one saying, no, do not go into the hospital to have your babies stay home. So that book is powerful. As I read and studied and, and then got into a place where I was teaching, most of the couples who took my class had hospital births and they were very comfortable doing that. I, and I felt no need to pressure them into having a home birth. It's such a private choice. It is such an individual decision. I would never presume to tell my daughter-in-law, oh, you have to have a home birth. She happily gave birth in the hospital. No big deal. But the thing I constantly pounded 
in every forum and in every discussion with my own kids, with people in my day-to-day life, and especially online is what do we do if we cannot go to the hospital? That's it. What do we do? What does birth look like? How does it go? So these are the questions I've been asking myself. And then I stepped out of the theoretical realm where so many people just get bogged down. And I said, I'm going to put this knowledge to the test. I want to try it out for myself. And so with my fourth and my fifth child, I did my own prenatal care and gave birth at home alone. And at the time, nobody understood what I was doing. Nobody at all. They just were like, what the heck is this? Why didn't you hire a midwife? We have wonderful midwives in the state of Colorado. Why didn't you, you know, they were so amazed and incredulous that we did this. And I remember talking to my bishop, who's it's kind of like the equivalent of a pastor at a church, you know, just the local guy in our congregation. And he came to the hospital and held my hand while I was getting a transfusion after my fourth birth, because I had a hemorrhage after that birth and had to go to the hospital. And he dropped everything and came and hung out with me for an hour while I was getting transfused. My husband had gone down to Denver to be with our son in the newborn ICU at a bigger hospital. But my bishop stayed with me while I had my transfusion and he was so kind to me. I'll never forget it. But I had a conversation with him just maybe two, three years after that birth. And we had had a class at church on end times events. And anybody who knows anything about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is we are preppers. It's literally part of our culture that we store food. We have a little bit of cash. We keep some water on hand, 70 to our kids. And we're constantly thinking and preparing for ways that we can take care of our families in case there's an economic meltdown, in case the the grocery store shelves are empty, in case of whatever. We're constant, it's just part of our church culture. So we'd had one of those classes yet again at church and it went really well. I remember I was part of it and I think I gave a talk and um, he came up and said, oh, you did a great job. And I said, you know, this is why I got into home birth and I saw it in his eyes. He went from, you know, everybody's kind of like looking at you a little side eye when you do what I've done. And what you all about? Give me the stink eye. I saw it in his eyes. All of a sudden I came into focus for him. I could tell. And he got me. He could understand why I had chosen to do an experimental home birth. I did get my baby out, you know, I did push this child out. We did have to go to the hospital for some help and we were very grateful for that help. But, you know, nobody could understand why you have insurance. Your husband has a mainstream job. What are you doing? You're not hippies. <laughs> and my, my question would right back at them was, well, are you sure of that? I mean, what does a hippie look like? Maybe I am a hippie. Anyway, It was wonderful for him to get me and to understand because so few people have taken the time to say, 
why would somebody do this? They just see them doing it and freak out. So when we had our fifth child at home and everything went perfectly, I didn't feel it right away, you know, like in the days after he was born, but about a year after my son was born and I had successfully breastfed him, breastfed him I did not suffer with postpartum depression. And we got to the end of that year and he's talking and walking and he's fine. I had this sense of like accomplishment come over me and it was did it. I learned childbirth self-reliance. I figured it out with no help from anybody. I, I did my own prenatal care. I gave birth to my son and I was able to successfully breastfeed and we both lived. We did it. And I felt this sense of wonder, but mostly what I felt was peace peace in my heart, calm. I felt this great peacefulness settle over me and my family. And it was this, this just, oh my gosh, okay. If one of my daughters or my daughter-in-law is in this situation in the future, when we cannot go to anyone for help for whatever reason, I know how to do this. And I believe I could teach it to other people. I, it was it was amazing. And in the 18 years since he was born, that's what I have done on the Internet. I've taught a few classes, but mostly my education efforts have revolved around my online activism. And in 1996, I moved my childbirth class from my home online because I had four little kids. We were homeschooling. And I just didn't feel like I had the gumption to have people in my home all the time. And uh, when you're a childbirth educator, you get a lot of phone calls and people asking you questions about labor. And I had to, I went to some births as a doula and I just, I didn't feel like I had the capacity to do all of that and tandem nurse my boys and homeschool my daughters. And it was just like, no, something's got to go. And so it was the class um, that I, I put the kibosh on and then moved everything online. And so for the last, you know, God, it's been like 25 years since 1996, I have been engaged in this outreach of education and trying to help people. I think of myself like a, a Paul Revere, you know, end times are coming, end times are coming, get ready. Uh, we need to know these skills. We really do. And I could testify that if you will take the time to learn them for yourselves, you will feel peace in your heart. You really will. And it's, it's an awesome skill set to have to just say, I know how to prevent toxemia. I know how to help my wife or myself while I'm in labor. I know what to do when that newborn comes out. And I know how to successfully breastfeed with no supplementation. And honestly, out of all the skills I've learned, it has been breastfeeding that has been the most challenging. And I, I'm grateful at something I learned, I mastered, I was able to successfully do it. But if I could tell you <laughs> the breast infections and the mastitis and the sleepless nights and the agonizing, is my baby getting enough? And 
you know, all the bells and whistles of what goes into that, I think has been actually the hardest skill that I've learned. And so um, anything I can offer around that, I would love to share with you. I'm going to wind the show down now. It's been wonderful sharing these things with you. If you're listening as a recording, I didn't have anybody come in live and that's fine. I will continue to do this show at seven o'clock on Sunday nights. And if you know anyone who would be interested in engaging, I really want this to be a conversation with people calling in, or if you have some questions around home birth that you, you want to talk to someone about and you don't know where to start, I can help point you in the direction of some resources that might be helpful for you. Uh, I've set up a blog post that's right at the top of my blog, jennyhatch.com, that has a list of the various organizations that you can go to online where you can take online classes. And you can start your own journey to becoming educated. These skills are not easy to learn. And have taken me to places of, you know, I just don't know if I can do this. I don't know if, you know, a lot of self-doubt has been a part of my walk. Uh, It doesn't help when you have people throwing rocks at your head in the form of, uh, you know, judgment and condescension and social services is at the door. They want to know why you gave birth to the big baby in your bedroom. Uh, Those various things that have happened to, to us, you know, can really be frightening and um, scary and just, you know, kind of shake you to your core. But, you know, this is part of being a parent in the 21st century. And I claim that Heavenly Father has held my family in the palm of his hand and helped me and helped us every step of the way. And if he did it for us, I believe he'll do it for you too. And I claim that I've had angels ministering to me, pointing me in the direction of the books and articles and people I needed to meet. And I have felt guided line upon line, precept upon precept, to learn the skills of being a self-reliant mother. And I can't think of anything else I would have rather spent my time on than this. As I said, the fruits of these efforts have been peace. And at this point in our Earth's history, that is worth more than anything to me personally, especially as I look at my daughters, my daughters-in-law getting ready to start their families. I like to think that the things I have learned will create a legacy for them and their children that will go forward in our family and help as we go through the ages. Thank you for stopping by. I hope you have had a fabulous Sabbath day. We had our general conference. It was glorious. And it is now October. And Red October is upon us. I am very much looking forward to seeing what happens this month. So thanks and have a great day.